The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. All righty, you're listening to Rayola Sports on the Voice America Network. I'm in Phoenix, living like it matters. I'm enjoying myself. I hope you're having a beautiful day. As always, it's a beautiful day in the Valley, and I'm happy to talk football. Yes, I believe, you know, I'll spend the majority of my time today speaking about football. After all, the season has begun. It began last week officially on Thursday night. And, uh, you know, Brett Favre and them trying to do the best they could to, to redeem themselves as they got a chance to go up against the New Orleans Saints. And the Saints came out victorious. The Saints look to me, they look very good. Uh, not to say that the Minnesota Vikings look bad, but I, I think they looked, um, both teams look very good. Uh, the Saints came out of that victorious. And uh, I think the Saints are a team to be reckoned with. Uh, I still do not believe that the Saints will make it back to the Super Bowl. They certainly I don't think they'll win the Super Bowl. I just don't think they'll make it back. And it's just it's just so hard to do that. And I'm going up on statistics. It's not that I'm saying necessarily that they looked they didn't look good enough to win the Super Bowl. I'm just saying that according to statistics over years and years and years, it's very seldom is the Super Bowl won back to back by the same team. So I just think that's gonna be hard to do. Uh, it's going to be a good day today. I'm, I'm going to have a, a friend joining me um, who's going to join me later, who's give us some uh, some insight on what's happening in the NFL. Uh, but before I go there, I, okay, uh, many times I don't want to be the one who brings all the, the mess. There's enough, you know, places out there where you can go and you can hear mess. But it, but it's some mess that's going on now. I guess with the New York Jets. First of all. I think the NFL has gone too far in terms of, you know, trying to market their teams. Everybody knows about your product. Now, I, I know how that how that Madison Avenue thing goes, and you, you got to keep hitting them and hitting them and hitting them and hitting them with the same product over and over and over. you got to keep influencing their habits because people are, we are creatures of habit. But, you know, that's, that's push football. you got a product on the field that's, that's real good. You know? Do you need hard knocks? I'm not sure you need hard knocks. If it is, if it's going to be a reality show, keep it to the football. Educate people more on the football side of it. You know, the personality of the players, I don't think it's really that important for people to know the, the get to know the personality of the players if they're not really, you know, if they don't have a true relationship with the players. So if you want to educate your fan base about football, then stick with that. Because I think as as you stretch it 
beyond what football is about, I, I think you find yourselves getting in a little bit of trouble. And, and where am I going with this? You know, and this is not a reality thing, I guess. But this young lady and in the locker rooms. Now, I will say this. I've always been one. And it's not that I'm a male chauvinist or anything of that nature. But I just believe that sometimes, you know, common sense has to come into play somewhere. That's all I'm saying. Common sense has to come into play somewhere. If I have to use the restroom, I do not go in the women's restroom. And if a woman has to use the restroom, the majority of times they don't go into the men's restroom. They go into their own restroom. And I understand if you got a job to do that it shouldn't be based upon your sex. I understand that. You know, but let me ask you something. How much more information are you going to get from a player if you're inside the locker room as opposed to if you're in a dedicated place? All I'm saying is, listen, men are, to my understanding, men are not permitted to go into a locker room where there are women that are athletes, that are all, you know, bought into this earth butt naked. So I don't understand why women should have the right to go into a locker room where they're all brought into this earth butt naked men. What's the story? I can tell you the story with my clothes on as easy as I can tell you the story with my clothes off. Now, is that an advantage to a man because he gets to go into a locker room with men who are butt naked? No. But come on, the common sense is something's going to happen. We are all human beings. If you send a man into a locker room with all women and he doesn't take notice of something, I'm going to tell you this. If you don't notice, he gay. Okay? If you send a woman into a locker room with all butt naked, muscle bound men and she don't notice something about him, she's gay. I said it, bottom line. So something's gonna happen and somebody's gonna say something. Come on. Everybody isn't as mature as you would think they should be at the age of some of these young men are 21, 22, 23, 24, 25. Come on. Now, was she sexually harassed? I don't know if she was sexy harassed. Maybe she was disrespected. But, you know, I don't know the definition. Maybe I need to go get Webster's out and find out what the definition of sexual harassment is as opposed to being disrespected. And if one is disrespected, should one sue another individual for disrespect? I don't know that either. But what I do know is NFL, so what? Take it on the chin and just say, listen, we have some rules. Women are not permitted to go into the locker rooms with the players. Bottom line. Now, how this woman dresses on the sidelines, okay, again, that's up to her. If she was up in the stands with whatever she had on, tight jeans, you know, shirt open or whatever else, okay, she could come to the game and that would be fine. And I bet you if the men in the stands saw her, you know, dressed like that, they might say something to her. Some of them might, some of them might not. If she's on the sideline, there might be some men in the stands that might take notice to her. Some might say some, some might not. There may be some women in the stands that might say some to her and some that might not. But come on, we, we are human beings. They should not disrespect her. I agree with that. If it was my wife or my daughter or my mother or my sister, I would not want them disrespected. But understand the fact that you don't send women into a locker room with butt naked men and think that they're not going to. You can't tell me that that woman, the entire her entire life that she's been covering sports, that she has never in her life 
ever gone and told any of her friends about any men that she's seen in that locker room. I don't believe that. Now, I got a friend on the line right now who's probably got something to say about that a little different than what I believe. I got Tony Bowie on there. Hey, Tony, what's going on, man? Hey, how you doing, Ray? Man, I'm doing wonderful, man. I'm a little hot. I'm a little hot and bothered by this thing, man. I, I hear you. I hear you. It, and I'm, I'm in complete agreement with you. See, it, but here's my point. The NFL is $8 billion-plus-a-year industry. And in any other corporation, they create policies and implement policies that, that uh, create a professional environment. What the policy that they have now is they, they allow reporters to come into the locker room, I, I believe it's 15 or 20 or 25 minutes after the game ends. But you still have guys that are dressing, showering, going to the bathroom. And for me, that's not a policy that, that is conducive for a professional environment. What they should do is to have a completely separate area for reporters to interview uh, players after they're dressed, showered, and ready to be presentable. That's just my opinion. And, Tony, listen, now, right now, and you're aware of this, there is that, you know, set up exists in some, well, all teams, that where certain players are requested that the media ask for three or four players to come and, and the coaches to come in to that environment. And then after that, a certain period of time, I think it's like that 15-minute you know, time spent that you talked about, then people are permitted to go into the locker rooms. Yeah. But I was one of those guys, and, and I ain't talking about me, but I was one of, it took me, I, was, I took my time getting dressed. Yeah, so did I. So I, I was like one of the last ones, so I was probably, you know, there's a lot of us walking around in, you know, and they're, and they're butt naked, you know, maybe 20, 30 minutes later. But I, here's what I'm saying. There are young men, and I know this because I got a son. There are young men right now who themselves, and I don't know where this ever came from, but the young boys today in high school, they kind of like embarrassed even about going into the showers, you know, with other boys in there. I mean, it's just it's getting so crazy to the point where I don't know how women become so, you know, comfortable with it anymore. I know we all seen it. We all been there. But why when it becomes a problem? You know, is it blown to these proportions? Whereas I think women asked to go into that environment. Now, how could they possibly think that they would go into an environment and there wouldn't be at least somebody who's just going to say something that perhaps maybe is immature, but somebody's going to say something? Why even subject yourself to that? Why not just say, okay, I'll wait? Because they used reporters would wait outside the locker room. You got to come out. There's only a couple ways you can come out of the locker room. So why not do that? Why not develop a rapport with a player? Because you know how it is. There's some reporters, Tony, that, you know, they got rapports with certain players where, okay, I'll, you know, I know he's going to come over and talk to me. I'm not even going to harass him. I've been around him for a while. I know how he is. I'll wait till he's dressed. He'll come over. He'll speak to me. Yeah, I think, it's, I, I think there's, there's a couple dynamics here. And one is the, you know, uh, you know the, the you know, instant breaking news cycle and the competitive nature of reporters to get the question and then get the answer and then put it up somewhere uh, for their report, whatever their outlet is, first. There's that competitive nature. I think the other piece is the NFL is, is obviously in bed with, with media in order to promote the business, promote the, you know, the players, the game itself, to create more revenue. The problem is, and, and I can see this could be a sticking point with the NFL, in creating a separate place for reporters to stay while the players get dressed completely is the fact that you now you'll see social media 
in guys who like Ocho Cinco, who will be able to, um, you know, have their own time within the locker room without the reporters to report news of the of the team. Such and such has a torn ligament and gets out before anybody else. I think that is is the crux of the problem when you try to get the NFL to implement a policy where you have players and that are able to get dressed in a professional environment and get get dressed and clean and the rep- the reporter somewhere else. I think ultimately the NFL will stay away from it because of that sticking point right there. Well, you know, it, it just so happens that, you know, technology is one of those things that has influenced every business that's out there. And the fact of the matter is, you, you're correct. I mean, and that's part of the modern-day athlete, he or she, has a vantage point of, you know, creating their own brands. And it, one person, you may get to one person, but the person you're getting to, because you're asking him questions, you may not ask him the pressing question of which everybody else wants to know. And a special teams player over here is going to put that out before, you know, mainstream media gets the chance. But, Tony, hold on, man. I'm emotional about this. And, you know, you want to get that emotional perspective before anybody else gets it. So yeah. <laughs> come back and enjoy me. Enjoy with me. This is Ray Ellis on Ray Ellis Sports on the Voice America Network. I'm in Phoenix living like it matters. Former Tampa Bay Buccaneer Tony Bowie is on the line with me. And John Gilmo, current Tampa Bay tight end, is going to join me in a few. New York City respect my game like Joe Namath. And I protect my name like Joe Anus. So Andy Serling packed his bags, left the city, and is enjoying his temporary digs in Saratoga. But that won't stop us from bringing you Playing to Win, the best online handicapping show for serious horse players. Catch Andy and his great lineup of guests every week throughout the month of August on location from the beautiful Saratoga Racecourse. He and his guests are some of the best in the biz. They bring you new insights to making money, and they tell it like it is. I'm 3-5-1 in this race, but the three is very much the one to be. We're going to completely disagree on this race. I absolutely disagree. Spicer, especially at one to two. And it's anything but the same old horse racing show. This is a nine horse field, but really there are seven donkeys and two zebras. Playing to win with Andy Serling, a show seriously committed to making more money at the game, but with a personality. This is a dunce cap horse for me. If this horse wins next week, I got the dunce cap on. YouBet.com's Playing to Win, presented by the Daily Racing Forum. Look for it the day before big race days, mostly Fridays. Find a complete schedule in the Daily Racing Forum or click on Playing to Win at YouBet.com. You already get the general sports headlines and discussion on TV and radio. Tune in to The Blueprint with Randall Gatewood. Yeah, we'll cover all the general big-name stuff, too, but we go beyond the typical sports radio show to bring you the details you don't get anywhere else. We'll talk about the inspirational stories and the little-known successes. If you want creativity, The Blueprint is the place to be. Tune in every Thursday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. Do you love sports talk? Can't get enough sports talk? Have we got a show for you. It's about the NFL training camps, Super Bowl previews, a look at the new starting quarterbacks, and weekly key injuries. We'll take your calls and emails right on the air. Former Philadelphia Eagle James Loving is your host, and you never know who'll drop by for a co-host spot or an interview on the spot. Tune in to Loving That Sports Talk with James Loving every Wednesday at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. Yeah. 
time coming. But you know what they say, Kanye. Slow motion better than no motion. I walked in the crib, got two kids, and my baby mama laid. All righty, we're back. You listen to Ray Ellis Sports on the Voice America Network. I'm in Phoenix, living like it matters. At Tony Bowie on the line with me, former Tampa Bay Buccaneer, who also has a show here with us on Voice America Sports, End of the Bench, of which he he knows nothing about the End of the Bench, but it's it's a nice name for a show. And we also now have uh, current Tampa Bay Buccaneer tight end John Gilmore with us. John, how you doing, man? I'm good, Ray. I'm good. How's everything going with you? Man, good. Let me just get this out of the way. I want to congratulate you on your win. You know, y'all, you know, my boys and Browns, you know, y'all beat up on us and everything. But we, we ain't going to talk too much about that. But, you know. Well, but, I do appreciate it. I do appreciate it. <laughs> I got to show you some love, man. Plus another Big Ten brother, you know, you know, uh, uh, Penn State, although we ain't going to talk much about that, the representation that, you know, lack of representation this weekend, we're going to let that one go too. So, so me and you're going to talk about a little bit of something that's happening right now that you probably don't want to talk about because mm-hmm. the reality of it is, you know, there's other situations that you have to look at when you talk about the locker room and you talk about those people who, you know, come into the locker room. And, and when is a man allowed to have some privacy. I mean, when you know, one thing about in the locker room, and I know I was in, in Arizona Cardinals locker room uh, last year, you know, and the guy in there to interview, you know, Beanie Wells and, 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 and uh, DRC and a couple other brothers. And, and, and when I was in the locker room, I realized that even back in my day, you know, sometimes you got your space where, you know, you know sometimes reporters, and Tony talked about this, how they want to get that story so fast. And you know how it is, guys. At the end of a game, sometimes if it's, if it's a big game, well, for us, every week is a big game. Sometimes the reporters come running down the room like they're running from a, a, a bull chase. Mm-hmm. And they running down with the microphones and, and, and putting the cameras up in your face and everything. And you just want to say, oh, hold on a second. They might run into the wrong bull. Yeah, you yeah. Said, yeah, they might do that. And now you got a situation where as... You know, some cats be in the locker room trying to get dressed, you know, and, and like, man, they putting the mic all in your face and the camera on it, you know. And then you got some cats, you know, they, they interview them and, and some, some, some of the guys ain't got their shirts on, you know. And it's like, okay. And then you got these mistakes every now and then the camera shows up and they're getting a picture of homeboy's gift from God, you know. All these different things are happening in the locker room, which is saying something. You know, why is it that the cameras and the reporters have to come into the locker room? I know, like right now, I'm emotional about this thing. I know the I emotion when, when you when you when you have something to happen right after the game, you want to catch the emotion of that player. You know, and sometimes it's not good for you to catch us when we emotionally charged because we might say the wrong thing, do the wrong thing. Uh, you know, I know I threatened the guy one time because he, he pushed me a little bit too far. But the fact of the matter is. John, you got a young lady who feels as she's been disrespected. And she didn't even say she felt that way. Some other people felt that she was disrespected. So they're acting maybe on her behalf. Uh, they felt as if perhaps maybe she was sexually harassed. Now, you're a family man. I was a family man. When I was playing ball, you have women coming into the locker room. You know, uh, men are not dressed. You know, they're asking you questions. Did there come a point in time where, where a person is deserving of some space and some privacy and perhaps maybe the media can be outside of the locker room? What's your perspective on that, John? Well, just to touch on a couple things that you just you just put out there. You know, one, there is no privacy in the locker room. Um, the players now, uh, we currently get about 10 to 15 minutes to kind of get our thoughts together, 
get changed, you know, get to whatever state you want to present yourself in. You got 10 to 15 minutes to do that after the game. Um, from a media standpoint, I would think that immediately following the game is exactly when they would want to catch you. They would want to catch you when you're when you're passionate, when you're pumped up, whether you won or lost. Uh, those those are the storylines. That that's what makes good TV. That's what makes good print. So um, that's what it's all about. And and I think the the other thing about it, man, is. Um, Man, it's a cutthroat business. I think we all know, and I'll let Tony comment on it. Um, the NFL, from the players to the coaches uh, to the management to the media, uh, it's a cutthroat business, man. And everybody wants to get that story. Everybody has to be the first to put it out there, um, you know, because everybody wants your job. So, you know, having you know, I kind of sympathize with them on that standpoint. But, you know, to be honest with you, Ray, it really doesn't bother me. Uh, it was an adjustment from college to to, to the pros. Um, you know, it, I'm in year, I'm in year nine, as you know, and uh, to me, I don't even I don't even notice it anymore. But as a young guy coming in, it was it was definitely an adjustment to have the women in the locker room. Um, I'm not a shy guy. I'll just throw that out there. I guess that might, but you know, tease your own. Um, I don't even know. I don't even know how you would address that situation. I you know, I, I'm gonna toss that ball to Tony's court and see. Well, no, I'm going to I'm I'm bring it back on you, John, for the simple reason I want to put it like this. And, I, and I'll let Tony answer this as well. But I want to put a question out like this to you guys. Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously, we all have mothers. God bless mine. She's in heaven. You know, I got a wife. I got, I got a sister. I got a daughter. Uh, I'm sure your wife has and, and, and your mother, you know, probably has no problem with, with a man sitting there interviewing you in the locker room. You know, you just come out of the shower. OK, you came out of the shower. He's interviewing. That's fine. But I, I, I would, I would tell you, I get my wife from St. Louis, man. You know, they not, you know, they got a couple screws missing in St. Louis out there. But let me say this to you, man. My wife didn't want a woman standing up in front of me and I'm butt naked interviewing me. And and you're trying to tell me as management owners of a team you can't respect that. You wouldn't want us to send a woman up to your office and you butt naked and interviewing you. So why would you do that to us? Why would you subject men to that? Yeah, you know, um, you might be interviewing the wrong person. I might need to go get my wife. <laughs> but you can speak. There's some things the you know. There's some things, John. Come on, you, 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 you know that. Let me and and, I, and this is the way I always put it. I put it to people like this: Make it your child. Would you want your? I know my. You say I'm passionate about this, guys. I would not want that. I wouldn't want my daughter sitting there butt naked in a man interviewing my daughter. Well, that's that's the question I, I would pose to you, and I don't know how that goes down as no, far as I wouldn't. professional female sports. Um, but I don't know what you know when you talk about um, on the same playing field. That's that's pretty much what they're trying to present here: the same playing field uh, for the female reporter as well as the male reporter to be able to get access to that story. So I don't how, know as far as the WNBA. Um, how many how many how many men you know? How many men you know, John, been in, in the WNBA locker room when they butt naked? Well, I don't know if any reporters go in the WNBA locker room. I'm oh, sure. that ain't right for us, man. That ain't right. Hey, but Bowie, hey, Bowie, help us out now. You, <laughs> you, you with the Players Association. Is that right? Is that? I mean, come on. Let's t- let's take us out the picture and, and put our children. Would you want your daughter like that, and or would you want? And you got some beautiful daughters, so I don't I don't mean to be disrespectful, but I just know you as a man wouldn't want that. And let's say if you had a son. So I'm, I shouldn't answer those questions for you, Tony. I'm going to let you answer. Do you think it's right that you don't have a choice? Somebody's made the choice for you that this is what you have to be exposed to. But yet and still, they're not subjected to that type of treatment. I, I agree. I think it's, you know, as a player, you don't have a choice. And, and 
you know, th- there is absolutely no privacy in locker room. We all know that. The problem is the NFL has, is, like I said before, is in, is in bed with the media. And so they, they will allow them, you know, 10 to 15 minutes after the game is over to get there to get a story. For, and, and as soon as the door is open, they, we all know they run in there uh, like a herd of, you know, herd of uh, cattle. Uh, and the, 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 I, I believe the solution is to create a separate place which all reporters remain until the players are fully dressed and presented. The, the NBA, remember the NBA instituted a policy where they wanted the guys to be appropriately dressed. They didn't want all the, you know, the, uh, uh, you know, hip-hop material, blah, blah, so they wanted guys to dress appropriate to present an image. That's right. right. That's right. And the problem with the NFL, is we don't have that. We got guys that are interviewed in the towel, they're naked, they're in the jock, and it's an eight billion dollar industry. I'll keep going back to it. And the, the NFL has, has implemented and created policies which are counter to what I believe should be the image of the NFL, which is the professional sports organization. We all know it is, but in this particular instance, the policy does not match the image that they're trying to portray. Well, you know, and they've been pushing that envelope for quite some time. I remember I was at an Eagles game a few years back, and my daughter, who is maybe now 15 years old, we were at a game, and, and we were in the press box, and the cheerleaders came by, and they were selling the calendars. And this was the first year that I had saw the calendars that Jeffrey Lurie had put out and allowed to be put out by the Philadelphia Eagles. And, I, I mean, you're talking about borderline? I mean, it was short of porn. And and I was like, wow! I don't want my, my I want my daughter to look at the cheerleaders. Her her brother at that time was playing football, and she was a little cheerleader supporting her team. Yeah. As a matter of fact, Andy Reid's son and my son played on the same football team. And but these cheerleaders bought these these calendars around. I mean, they got you know bras and panties, and I'm talking thongs. And I'm like, you know, and all the men are taking pictures and Google Gaga with them. You know, I didn't see the women running up in a suite to take pictures with them. But you talk about you know the image of which they're trying to put forth. You know, and the image of which, uh, you know, they're protecting this brand and this shield. Sometimes I think they push the envelope a little bit too far. And, and the exploitation of women, the cheerleaders and then the, the players. I mean, you know, when you want to catch a man and his jock and in his underwear. Oh, come on, guys. You know, I just I just think we're going a little bit too far with that. And I listen, this is, this is about football, so I'm I'm a I'm a move well, yeah, away it, from that. Yeah, I, I, want, I want to touch a little bit on what Boo and what Bowie said. Um, you know, I, again, I think you got two issues here. I think you got the issue of of a morale, more more of a morality issue of women being in the locker room um, around married men. Um, you know, even from a women's standpoint, to be honest, and this is just from what I've observed. A lot of those female reporters aren't too comfortable in the locker room. They're yeah, just, they're I agree. Just not, they're very reserved, uh, kind of stay to themselves, kind of stay in the back. You know, not they're not at the forefront ask, asking questions. So, you know, from a comfort level, from their standpoint, that you know, there's an argument there that could be posed as well. Um, from the media standpoint, I mean, we all know the media and NFL go hand in hand. You know, the NFL wouldn't be what it is today without the media, mm-hmm. in, good, in the good and in the bad. So, I think we can all agree on that. But, you know, it's, it's just, I think the media, just to play devil's advocate, um, I don't know what kind of standards they have in line with the NFL, but I know that there's, there obviously has been some discussions because if you do look, look at what's put out there um, by the media, they, they do a good job. They try to do a good job. You don't see a lot of guys walking around in jock straps and towels 
They try and keep it headshots. You know, they try and keep it professional. A lot of stuff you see on ESPN is or is the uh, post-game press conference from your quarterback or your head coach, you know, in their suit and tie, you know, because ESPN and SportsCenter, they don't want to look bad, you know, so they're not going to throw those guys in, in, in the jock straps. But, um, again, I think it's just more or less the argument, you know, women – Women reporters can pose that argument that hey, we don't have equal equal access to the players, um, and I, and I totally feel you on on the point of hey, let's just get these guys dressed, let's make them look like professionals, and then bring in the media. Um, but you, like we said, man, it's a cutthroat deal. You know, you're going to miss a player, you're going to miss a, you're going to miss that quote, uh, you're going to miss that guy that's that's feeling, you know, either pumped up from winning the game or he's feeling the pressure from losing, and that's exactly when you want to catch that guy. All right. Hey, John, we got music, man. We got to take a break. I'll let you finish that point on the other side. You listen to Ray Ellis Sports on the Voice America Network. I'm in Finney's Living Like It Matters. We'll be right back. school to the pros we we cover everything let your voice be heard voice america sports so andy serling packed his bags left the city and is enjoying his temporary digs in saratoga but that won't stop us from bringing you playing to win the best online handicapping show for serious horse players catch andy and his great lineup of guests every week throughout the month of august on location from the beautiful saratoga race course he and his guests are some of the best in the biz they bring you new insights to making money and they tell it like it is i'm three five one in this race but the three is very much the one to be we're going to completely disagree on this race i absolutely disagree Spicer, especially at one to two. And it's anything but the same old horse racing show. This is a nine horse field, but really there are seven donkeys and two zebras. Playing to win with Andy Serling, a show seriously committed to making more money at the game, but with a personality. This is a dunce cap horse for me. If this horse wins next week, I got the dunce cap on. YouBet.com's Playing to Win, presented by the Daily Racing Forum. Look for it the day before big race days, mostly Fridays. Find a complete schedule in the Daily Racing Forum or click on Playing to Win at YouBet.com. Get ready to go inside the minds and behind the scenes with the top professional athletes, celebrities, and music entertainers. It's a sports show like no other. Keeping it real. Keeping it real with former NFL wide receiver Jarris McIntyre is real talk with in-depth interviews, topical discussions, and a whole lot of comedy. You'll hear from the entertainers, the athletes, and the fans. Keeping it real. Keeping it real with Jarris McIntyre is broadcast live every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. Do you love sports talk? Can't get enough sports talk? Have we got a show for you. It's about the NFL training camps, Super Bowl previews, a look at the new starting quarterbacks, and weekly key injuries. We'll take your calls and emails right on the air. Former Philadelphia Eagle James Loving is your host, and you never know who'll drop by for a co-host spot or an interview on the spot. Tune in to Loving That Sports Talk with James Loving every Wednesday at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
everybody. We're back. You hear that music? You're listening to Rail of Sports on the Voice America Network. I'm in Phoenix, living like it matters. And uh, we had to say goodbye to our, our, our good friend, Tony Bowie. Uh, Tony Bowie, who has a show here on Voice America Sports, End of the Bench. Uh, be sure you get a chance to uh, take a listen to Tony. Tony, who, who just ran a very successful, in my mind, successful, although unsuccessful in actually winning that state Senate seat here in uh, Arizona. Uh, I want to commend him for his strength and his courage to take on that office, to try to do the best he could to help uh, his constituents here in, in the state of Arizona. Um, but I still have John Gilmore on with me. And, John, you and I are going to continue to chop this up, man, because uh, we're going to move now from from a subject of which is, is very close to us. And, and, and we I would certainly like all women to know that I'm in favor of you being able to have access to information as it relates to sports stores in all professional sports and in, in minor sports, college level, high school, whatever. It's just a matter of the disrespect and, and the feeling as if uh, for some reason or another you're being sexually harassed. I think we should take the least pass of resistance and do whatever we can to make sure those things don't happen. So I'm, I'm looking to protect you and, and not protect you from the information that you need, but protect you from uh, those feelings of embarrassment and harassment and all those other things. So, I mean, football, Gilmore, again, we talked a little bit early on, um, jokingly, about the, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, of course, uh, in your first game successful uh, display yeah. on the football field. You guys winning, uh, beating the Cleveland Browns, my former team. Uh, so, okay, so talk a little bit about it. I mean, going into that game, you know, every time, I don't care what game it is in the NFL, the National Football League, with the exception of when it comes to playoffs uh, or playoff runs, those seem to be the only time, and I don't know why, Games seem to have some importance or a lack of importance to certain teams at this time. But at the beginning of the year, everybody's, you know, it's an even level playing field. Everybody's undefeated. Everybody's hoping to remain undefeated for a period of time because we don't think we're going to go the entire season. But uh, successfully, 1-0, going into the Browns game. Tell me what the expectations were other than just getting a victory. Uh, expectations going into that game and how are you guys hoping uh, to come out of that game as you get prepared for uh, this upcoming week? So going into that game, you guys are expecting yeah. to do what? Yeah, no, we, we had big expectations, um, you know, dating back to spring training. Um, you know, we got a very, very young team. Uh, that's no surprise for a lot of people out there that pay attention to us. So, you know, a lot of too often they throw out the word rebuilding. I don't feel like we're rebuilding, but I feel like we are developing a lot of a lot of players at different positions um, on the football field. But having said that, uh, I know that this coaching staff down here in Tampa Bay, the management, they knew that there is unique talent. We got good talent on this football team. Some of the best talent that I've been around in my nine years playing football. So. You know, that's saying a lot, and I've been around some great football players. It's just that, you know, again, we are young. You know, you need that experience. And to come out here and get a win on opening day is a big deal. A lot of people will say, hey, you know, when you when you lose a game, you know, you hear the coaches and you hear people patting you on the back saying, hey, we got all season. It's just it's just one game. But, you know, the first game is a big deal. It gives you something to build on, uh, and we're going to build on a win. And we are undefeated. You know, we are 1-0. So, we we got high expectations for ourselves going going forward the rest of this year and you know we got a great great leadership in in Raheem Morris and you know we got a lot of players that are willing to follow 
Well, let me ask you something. How, how does it feel when, when, when you and, 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 uh, and Ron Day, you know, senior citizens, if you will, you know, on a young football team that you like said, like you said, mm, is not rebuilding, but you guys are doing everything you can to bring some youth in there, you know, re-energize the team. How does it feel when you're like, you're the senior citizens of the team? Do you take a different approach in the locker room? Do you automatically become uh, anointed as a leader? Or how do, what's your approach when you're in a, in, in a young locker room and you're one of the older guys? Well, I really appreciate being a part of this team. One, um, it, it's been like a, 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 multi, a multivitamin times 10. You know, I feel like I'm getting younger. You know, just being around these 23, 24-year-olds and trying to keep up with them, you know, it brings out the best in you. And I really do. I, I've, I haven't felt this good in a couple of years. So I can kind of I, – I, I often would look at Rondé Barber and say, how does this guy do it? You know, he's an amazing athlete, Not, you know, not just because of you know, his athletic talent, but – you know, his professionalism uh, as an NFL player, you know, what he brings to the game, and not just on the field, you know, his efforts off the field and, and, and how he's involved in the community. You know, he's, he, he, he's man, he, he's the cookie-cutter pro. That's what you should look at to be an NFL pro is Rondé Barber. So I would often look at him and say, how does he do it? But now being around these guys this year and seeing the way they flying flying around and trying to keep up and knowing that you still got it, you know, it, it might. It, I might be able to play another four or five years, right? Oh, there you God go. Willing. So, we'll see what happens, man. I'm, I'm very excited, very, very excited to see where we go uh, with the weeks going forward. So, we'll see what happens. Only time will tell. Now, I, I will say this. You know, I, I saw Rondé, and and I got to admit, now, young Rondé would have took it to the house. But I think, I think that monkey jumped on his back, and he, he was running down that sideline, and, and he just couldn't make it all the way in there. But uh, it just proves, listen, he can still catch the ball. You well, know? I'll, tell you, I'll tell you what, man. When, when Rondé made that interception, Ray, I think you had 60 other guys on the sideline, you know, holding their breath like, let's go, Rondé. <laughs> let's go, baby. You know, let's get there. So, you know, if we could have ran out there and let him hop on our back, we would have took that last leg for him. But I'll tell you what. What I noticed about that is, is the very last play, not that interception, but the very last play of the game um, when the, the deflected pass was from Rondé Barber to end the game. You know, lights out, fade to black, the game over. You know, last person I saw was Rondé Barber, number 20, dripping in sweat, and he left everything on the field. And that's, and that's the type of thing I'm talking about. He doesn't hold anything back. He puts it all out there, and it has to be respected, not only by the opponent, but, but as teammates. So... Man, you know, just to see him in action and see him go to work, uh, he still has it. Uh, <laughs> we got two good corners. I mean, you you pick. It's hard to pick a side in our defense. You know, you saw last night. Um, you know, the, the Ravens went at Cromartie pretty bad just because of Revis being back. Right. Uh, so they they felt the need to to pick on Cromartie a little bit, but you know, I'm sure Revis isn't where he wants to be yet either. Uh, but you look at our you look at our defense, man. To go one side or the other, you got to keep to leave on one side. Uh, probably could be one of the better cornerbacks in this league in the next couple of years, and um, and then Rondé Barber, uh, living legend in the game. Um, we got two. We got some pretty good corners. So. No, it's like it's like pick your poison, you know. And uh, you know, one thing about the corners, I mean, you know how it is. You know, all athletes are just so competitive, and 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 you always want to be the person that man. I remember playing the game one time. We played the Steelers, and it was early in the game, and it was just a little swing pass that came out of the backfield. And and I'm sure you've been there before, John. Sometimes when, when an athlete hits the field, you find yourself in a zone. And, and something happens, something clicks, and you just know that you're in a zone. And, and they just threw a little swing pass out the backfield, 
And I reacted to the play and made the tackle, but it just pissed me off because I was like, wait a second, I know that I'm not the game plan. You mean they're trying to game plan me? <laughs> and it was like, whoa, you know. And so as a corner, like you say, you know, that Talib's on the other side, and he know who's on that other side with him. And so he's got to have his chip on his shoulder, like, ho, 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 ho. At least I'm a, at least I'm a lot younger than Rondé over there, man. You know, y'all, y'all really want to come at me? You know, and when you get that kind of attitude and you get that, that chance to, to show your thing, man, you got to do it. So I'm, I'm looking at you guys. Now, let me ask you something. I, I don't have to tell you. I mean, you know it. I mean, the, the, the conference of which you guys are playing, the division of which you guys are playing in, uh, man, you know, it, 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 it could be. I mean, I'm, in reality, in terms of the competition, first of all, you got the Super Bowl champs in their division, you know, mm-hmm. and and then you look at, uh, you know, you look at Atlanta, you know, and 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 although they lost, you know, people didn't really expect Atlanta to be losing early in the year. You know, people thought perhaps maybe that, that Atlanta might be able to. Now, now the Panthers, you know, the Panthers got, you know, they got a good running game, you know, so that that's not a real easy division there. But I know you guys are expecting to make the playoffs this year. So, you know, everybody shoots for the Super Bowl, you know, but we got to take one thing at a time. The first thing you need to do is win the division. Are you feeling comfortable about the division? You know, I think the the, the good thing that we did as a team this year is we didn't really we didn't really we didn't really look at too many other people. We looked at ourselves. You know, we took a good look at, at what we were doing last year. You know, we corrected those mistakes in the preseason and the off season, and you can see it. You know, our our, our coaches put a you know, a big emphasis on getting back to certain certain phases of the running game that we got away from last year that I think are going to pay off, you know, down the line. And, um, you know, our division is always tough. Uh, Carolina, you know, they're next up to bat. We got them this week, and they're just coming off a loss. So, um, you know, there's no easy win in the NFC South. Obviously, you got the Super Bowl champs, the Saints. But, yeah, we're you know, we're feeling pretty confident just as a team, period. You know, we got some some young cocky players on this football team, and uh, you you hit you hit the nail on the head when when you feel like you're getting picked on, when you feel like the game plan's about you, you know, you take it to that next level and you hit that zone and you and you refuse to get beat. That's what separ- separates the good players from the great players. So, I feel like we got a lot of young talent, a lot of people that refuse to lose, and um, man, I'm just excited to be a part of this. You know, to see this at, at this point in my career. I'm pumped up and I'm ready to go just to do whatever I got to do. And, and and going into this is the ninth year for you, John. Is it is it harder for you to prepare for games week in week out than it was you know than it was you know three four five years ago? I mean, do the years really add up on you physically each year? Uh yeah. If I said if I said no, I'd be lying. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Don't do that. that. Don't you do that. that. That's right. Know, it's, it's, uh, it's all about establishing a routine. You know, once we get to the, the hard part's over. You know, training camp. You know, that's what tests that. As you well know, that's what tests you physically, mentally, emotionally. It's that question that makes you say, "Okay, yeah, I can play another season." You know, once you get once you get done with training camp, you know, the rest is uh, like cruise control. You just got to establish that routine. So, preparation isn't getting any harder. Um, I'm, I'm happy the season's here. Uh, we can go ahead and knock out these these 16, 17 weeks, and then look look forward to these playoffs. But you know, our our team right now, our motto is a race to ten. You know, we're looking at ten wins, and then we'll go from there. Oh, I like that a race to ten. Well, listen, and trying to get to ten, look at practice from your rookie year to practice now, and going through a season now, and and as 
as you've been in the league, John, there's been a lot of changes in the league in terms of how they're trying to make the game a more safer game uh, mm-hmm. for the players, trying to protect the players even more. The, the offseason, you know, trying to cut back on it. But now it's like, okay, uh, if we go to 18 games, are we going to have more, uh, more wear and tear on the players' bodies? What do you think in terms of when you look at when I when you came in as a rookie compared to now, the preparation for a season, is it that much different in your ninth year than it was, you know, nine years ago? Is it more difficult now or is it easier now in terms of just getting ready for an NFL season and playing the NFL season? Um, you know what? I'm I'm gonna say it's a little tougher from this standpoint. Hey where... John, I'm sorry, I asked that question at the wrong time because music started means I gotta take a break, but that's gonna give you time to think about that, man. You've been <laughs> doing this thing for nine years. I know you got the answer, but the people will wait to get the answer after this commercial break. You're listening to Rail of Sports on the Voice America Network. I'm gonna finish living like it matters. Tight end John Gilmore, Tampa Bay Tucking Buccaneers is with us and be right back. <laughs> The fans now have a voice to speak their mind. No holds barred. They need to bitch his ass and then move on. I just, I just think that the coach made a mistake. Oh, crazy. <laughs> NFL, MLB, NBA, NHL. Speak up. Speak up. Or forever hold your mouth. We ain't playing around here. Voice America Sports. Get ready to talk sports with someone who definitely has an opinion, but respects yours as well. The beginning of every week is Crunch Time with Keenan Howery. We'll talk about what happened this weekend and what to look forward to next weekend. Keenan and his guests are ready to discuss the issues with you about football and sports in general. It's Crunch Time with Keenan Howery. Every Monday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. And make your voice heard. You already get the general sports headlines and discussion on TV and radio. Tune in to The Blueprint with Randall Gatewood. Yeah, we'll cover all the general big-name stuff, too, but we go beyond the typical sports radio show to bring you the details you don't get anywhere else. We'll talk about the inspirational stories and the little-known successes. If you want creativity, The Blueprint is the place to be. Tune in every Thursday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. Get the inside scoop on the Georgia Bulldogs. Tune in to Keelan Johnson on College Football Game Day on the radio and every day on KeelanJohnson.com. On Keelan's Keeping It Real Radio, you can talk to Keelan and his former teammates about the Bulldogs, college football, and all things sports. Keelan's the go-to analyst for Bulldog football on pre- and post-game television on KeelanJohnson.com. And now, every week on the Voice America Sports Channel. Tune in every college game day for Keelan Johnson, Keeping It Real Radio. Saturdays at 11 a.m. Eastern and 8 a.m. Pacific. The opening kickoff is a beauty. It's a fly ball deep right field. That goes O'Neal. He's at the shot. Got it. With 2.8 seconds left. to left. school to the pros we, we cover everything let your voice be heard voice america sports uh-huh uh-huh yeah. uh-huh uh-huh. 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 i'm gonna finish living like it matters 
just before we went to break there, Gilmore, I just asked you to explain to those out there listening, you know, is it, is it more difficult or is it less difficult? Has the, has the season got any easier for you in terms of preparation and playing a whole season uh, over your nine-year career? Because the league has tried to say that they're trying to protect players more and, and try to prevent the wear and tear on the bodies. So you've been there for nine years. You've seen the changes they've made. What do you feel? Is it easier? Of course, you're older, but, but, but is it easier to get ready and to survive a season in your ninth year than it was your rookie year? You know, two things. The, the game hasn't gotten any easier, and I assume it won't get any easier because of these rules that the NFL is implementing. I'll first throw that one out there. Um, I think a lot of that wear and tear comes into, I mean, in NFL today uh, compared to, you know, years back is it's more of a 325-day-a-year job. You know, we're not going to say a full year, but you, you know what I'm talking about. It's pretty much a full year-round gig. So from that standpoint, yeah, obviously it's getting a little harder. The game is obviously developing um, different blitzes, different stunts, different coverages. Every year somebody's coming out with something different. So preparing for that is definitely a little bit different than preparing for what you've obviously seen. Between nine years in the league, you see a lot, and um, you definitely file certain things away. So when you're scouting teams and you see an MES blitz, you know, a strong safety at D, you know, everybody a fire, you know, this, this, that, and the other, you, you kind of just file it away and you already know what you're looking at. So it's a little of both, man. The, the game's definitely, definitely developing and evolving into something different, which is an amazing uh, a thing because it is such a, you know, the sport's been around forever and it's still, it's still changing. So I'm going to say yes or no, Ray. That's my answer. <laughs> yeah, no, it is. It, it's amazing because as I was talking to your good friend, Dez, uh, Dez Clark, as a matter of fact, you know, and I think Dez, this has got to be Dez's, what, 11th year? Is this his 11th year? Yeah, 11th. This is Dez's year, 11th year, and I'm like, Dez, man, you lining up at fullback. You know, what's going on? You know, so so the game is changing so much. Your tight end is your fullback. You, you know, your fullback is your tight end. You know, uh, moving players around, different schemes. You know, you got you got defensive linemen, you know, dropping off in coverage. They've been doing that for a long time. You got linebackers running down the middle, covering, you know, wide receivers all the way down. You got quarterbacks lining up at wide receivers. So so the game is evolving, and, and I would say that for me, you know, it goes back to the back in the day where they, you know, they wanted athletes to be, you know, sports-specific athletes. But I truly believe that the all-around athlete is a better athlete. And that's why I think when the kids are younger, you know, don't just take a kid and just put him at a guard or a tackle because he got a little weight on him. You never know where that person might end up playing, you know, in a position on the field. Right. And the more athletic that person is, you know, Dick Vermeule used to always tell us the more you can do, the longer you can stay, you know. So, yeah, we, yeah. so we try to do everything we can. So listen, let, let, let's talk about, you know, as, as a person who plays the game, let me ask you, are you do you play fantasy? I don't. No, no fantasy don't. football? I just learned a little something about fantasy over the past two years. I wasn't even too sure what fantasy was all about. <laughs> Yeah, we won't go there, but fantasy is about football, Gilmore, and you you need to get involved because pe- people may be picking you and choosing you. You may be helping them or hurting them. Well, so well, that, that's that's where I learned about it. Somebody <laughs> said, "Did I draft you on my fantasy team? What's the fantasy team? You got to make a lot of catches." I said, "No." Yeah, don't, <laughs> don't do it. Well, uh, here's what we will say. I know that you got to be a fan of the game. So you know, as a man who's a fan of the game, you know, you talk about watching film and and doing a lot of preparation for the game. But you know, when you get your time off a Monday night game do you do you watch a Monday night game 
man, my wife is a big fan of football. We actually met at a football game. That's a beautiful thing. Yeah, we met at a football game. Uh, I was still in college, and I was at an Eagles-Redskins game. There you go. There you go. There you go. Mm -hmm. Uh, She's a big Eagles fan, and we met at a football game. So I try not to watch the Monday night game, but she refuses to watch anything else but the Monday night game. So, yeah, it's, it's, it's on, and it's on, and... Yeah, I'd be lying to you if I said I didn't glimpse at the TV every now and then because, again, it's it's what I do. It's my profession. So I, I find myself glued to what the tight end on each team's doing, what the linebackers are doing, what the D-line is doing, looking for those different stunts, those different blitzes and coverages. So, yeah, I do. I definitely check out the Monday night game. Well, uh, and, so, and so you watch the game, and so you know that this game, as uh, uh, another game during the week, ended in a controversial call, you know, for me, from my perspective, the referee is not supposed to know what time it is in the game. The referee is not supposed to know what play it is of the game. The referee is supposed to be zoomed in and, like players, play one play at a time and, and do his job. Not taking into consideration, I'm not going to make this call because it's the last play of the game. So with the controversy that happened, of course, with the Detroit game and, of course, you know what happened uh, in the Monday night game, do you make that holding call if you're a referee on the last play of the game? I mean, it's a tough call. I mean, we, you know, I, I, I had this discussion yesterday with somebody. There's a lot of quote unquote controversial calls over the weekend, and uh, you know, as soon as they see something and they throw that flag, it's a hard argument for them to dispute putting that flag back in their pocket. If you know what I'm saying, that doesn't happen too often, especially with a game in that situation. Uh, again, uh, we had we had a discussion uh, previous about. You know, where they're positioning the rest nowadays, that really didn't have that didn't affect that particular call. But um, yeah, it's a lot, man. You know, all the new rules that they're putting and implementing in the game, a lot of them are good. Some of them aren't good for the game. But uh, but but let me ask you, John, do you want the referee to think about the situation when he's making a call or not making a call, or do you want him just to make the call? I want him to make the call because I think if you have a referee thinking about the situation. They're not going to make the right call. You know, they got to focus in on doing their job. They can't focus in and if it's fourth and one or if there's 20 seconds left in the game. You know, they got to focus in on making the call. But man, I think opening day. You know, it kind of also goes back to opening day because there was a lot of laundry on a lot of football fields on uh, on Sunday. And uh, you know, I think these guys are just as excited as the players. You know, we're out here. You know, we're trying to get our job. You know, right again. You know, get get our skills tight. See what we want to see. See what we need to see. But um, also, oh, you think that the refs, just as the players are, again, you know, a little rusty. You think the refs may be a little rusty early in the season? Oh, absolutely, absolutely. I think you know players aren't going to start playing their best football for another four or five games. You know what I mean? The second quarter, if you break the season down into four quarters, you got sixteen games. Mm-hmm. That second and third quarter is where you're going to get your most production. You know, that's when you're going to see your most strides from week one to week eight. So uh, I think, you know, as, as, as well as referees, you know, they're out there for the first time. The only, the only really exposure they got were preseason games and, some you know, being in training camp practices. So these guys are excited, too. So I think, you know, them doing their job, I'm sure they reported back. Um, I, I believe they're located, the, their headquarters is in New York, and I'm sure they looked at the tapes. And I'm sure they got a lot of corrections to make, too, man, but that's the game. You know, that's why you try and, you try and never put a game in a position where it comes down to, you know, one call. Yeah, you're right about that. There, there is, there's, there's a margin of error there. It, it's human. They're humans, and so they're going to make a mistake every now and then. Man, I made a mistake, John. I let the show run out, and me and you didn't even get a chance to finish this discussion. 
I tell oh, you what, man, I'm going to have you. We, we, I'm we a, tend to do this from time to time. Yeah, we're going to chop this up on a regular basis. And guess what, everybody out there? John's going to have his own show here on Voice America Sports. So y'all be sure to tune in. John, you be sure to come back. As a matter of fact, Sean Salisbury is looking forward to talking to you next week on his show. Sounds good. I'm excited. All right, man. Hey, you listen to Rail of Sports on the Voice America Network. I'm in Phoenix living like it matters. And I got to go. So I'll see you next time, which will be the best time. But you still be my star, baby, because in the dark, you can't see shiny cars. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.